Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Broke Girl Society Podcast. I'm Christina. Today we have Jack. Jack is the co-founder of Gamban. And if you don't know what Gamban is, Gamban is an online software uh, that you can download to your computer or your devices and it blocks the online gambling sites. Uh, I reached out to Jack and he was kind enough to come on and share his story and tell us how Gamban got started and kind of how it works. I do want to make a quick note that I am not affiliated with Gamban. This is not a paid advertisement. It is purely for recovery purposes. I just I'm want to advocate all forms of help and tools that are available uh, to help you combat this gambling addiction. So let's listen in. Well, hey, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Christina. Thank you for having me. So do you want to just kind of start with your story a little bit? I mean, I, I know it's everywhere. I mean, I've, I've read it. I'm sure a lot of people have read it, but probably, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't know it. So. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so my, my, my history of gambling, I, I started at quite a young age. I, I think it was about 14. Um, my, my sense of chrono, chronological um, time and memory is pretty bad, but I was young. I was, I was gambling when I shouldn't have been. Um, and and online poker for me was was a source of fun um i wasn't losing particularly um but i found myself sort of gravitating towards games that were a bit more immediate and a bit more um exciting so casino games and slot games primarily more casino at that time um and 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 this was around a time where i think on some of these poker platforms they started to introduce these games on the actual um, screen that you're playing poker on, so uh, so they're they're very accessible um, and, and and sort of tempting you in. And after a while, poker wasn't doing it for me, so I was playing um, pretty, let's say, dangerous games. What what are commonly called the uh, the crack cocaine of of gambling. Um, so I was playing sort of uh, slots mostly mostly where where I, I suppose the harm was was being created um and you know the ability to gamble or spin hundreds of pounds in you know a matter of seconds um with no one to hold you to account um whilst playing with money that doesn't feel real was um was obviously too much and i think for many people too much for me i um I have very little idea of how much money I, I have lost in the past. Um, I do remember one significant win, um, and that that win, I, I lost all the the proceeds of it, fed it right back again, and and for me that was kind of like a a cautionary tale and a lesson learned. I I, I found that. Um, I mean, obviously, I've lost a lot more than I than I've won, but that that was a real quick example of you know of, of how the money is not yours to keep. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's fake money, and it's there. Um, and and occasionally, yeah, you, you you know you you may you may win, but it's the winning that kind of keeps you locked in. So there was kind of a there was a time in roughly 2015 where I hit what I would call my rock bottom. And I, I just found that I needed to stop. 
um, I I was fortunate enough that I often I often use this expression, but because I quite like the um, the imagery of this, but I was able to look into the abyss, um, and and I didn't like what I saw. Um, unfortunately, others that I speak with on a daily basis really had to sort of fall into the abyss to hit that rock bottom. Um, so I was quite fortunate in that respect. Um, and I, I knew I needed to stop. Um, but you know what it's, you, I mean, you know what it's like the two weeks after you say you're going to stop and, and you just think, well, you know, $20, um, cause $20 never harmed anyone. Right. And then 20 becomes 40 and well, 40 is not a very, it is a round number, but it's not. So, you, you know, in, in for 40, try a hundred. You didn't get the amount of play you expected for a hundred. So in for another hundred and, and you're back again. And, um, whether that's a, a lapse or a relapse, um, I suppose it's more of a lapse, but I, I, I couldn't, I could stop, but I'd give up stopping, um, every, every so often. And that would set me back. So, so I knew that my willpower was, well, I won't say willpower. I'll say won't power because I always think that willpower is more about things, um, things that you sort of should do and won't power is things you shouldn't do, if that makes sense. Just a personal distinction that I find helpful. Um, I find it much easier to do things rather than to not do things. Um, so to not gamble and every time you have a, a loss that, that sucks at the time it gets easier to get past that loss for me I, I was able to just you know dust off a few hundred dollars um as a, a you know oh well next time um and yeah I mean I just found it really difficult to commit to stopping um and 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 it was around that time that I went through pretty much every rite of passage that that someone will go through um you know i must have cut my cards up a dozen times um i use parental control software a lot of different types gave my dad the the code uh, to look after for me um you know we, we have a very I'm, I'm speaking generally here but we have a quite a powerful way to sort of um, what am i trying to say we we know that we shouldn't be gambling when we know that we shouldn't be gambling, but it's very easy how we can sort of apply whatever it is, cognitive dissonance, let's say. Um, and, and we continue doing something that we know will harm us. I mean, just look at smoking. Smoking is a very good example of that. We know that it, it'll, it causes cancer and yet we do it anyway. So, um, so, so we, when we, when we have that moment of clarity or, when we have that opportunity to stop, you know, I think we, we really need to embrace that. That's the bit that, that I learned that I needed to use that moment where I knew that I needed to stop and put things in place that would help me. So that, that, that's, that's kind of my background and probably takes us up to the start of Gambon. Yeah. And how, like, did you have like a rock bottom moment or were you able to kind of catch yourself before it really came to that? kind of desperate point yeah the, there was a bit of a family intervention um i remember it was at my apartment and 
I, I can't really remember it um, in its entirety, but I remember just knowing that this is not something I can do. I remember even using the words, I am a gambling addict. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's still, I know that there's a lot of, um, there's a, you know, choose the words carefully. I prefer the, these days the idea of someone suffering from gambling-related harm. Um, but at the time, I, I, I very much, I, I needed to take on that responsibility. Um, I'm not saying for a second that the, the industry isn't um, also partly responsible for, um, for the harm caused, in fact, very much so. Um, but at, at that time, I just, I knew that there was a problem um, that, that I was experiencing and I needed to do something about it. And no one, no one really, other than obviously my family for bringing it to my attention, um, no one was able to, to help me at the time. Um, I did call the National Gambling Helpline in the UK a couple of times, actually following losses. Um, and, and they were great. I, I called twice in total. The first time I called, I think I was just looking for someone to say, that'll be okay, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, after losing more than I was happy with losing. Um, and to be fair, the second time was probably much the same. I, I think there is this sort of, you know, if you win, it doesn't feel like there's a problem. Um, and, and, and that's the, that, that's the real difficulty with this as an addiction. It's, um, as a, a, a friend, Danny Cheaton says, it's the only addiction that's got flashing lights at the end of the, uh, the tunnel. You know, if you, uh, if you stop now, what's to say the next spin wouldn't be a, a jackpot? I mean, we know it's not going to be, but it, it's a very difficult thing to say, right, that's it. I stop now. Underline losses, move on. Um, and, and, and really, my family were very helpful. Um, my mum and my dad were um, incredibly supportive. It, it, the line that they used that that you know anyone listening to this i i hope i can and you know if, if anyone wants to get in touch um feel free just jack at gamban.com um there's a kind of an underlining of loss so it's like a it's an acceptance that you've lost that money and that you will not win it back you cannot you shouldn't try and win it back it's gone it's fine i mean it's not it's not that it's fine it's that it's uh it, it it's out of your hands now it's half so what i needed someone to say is draw a line under it and move on um and that is so much easier said than done you know i you, if you've still got somewhere in the in the recess of your mind you've still got somewhere like uh, i lost my last time I, I gambled i lost 150 pounds even even if it's less than that it's there's still this kind of temptation to go off and uh and try and recuperate those those losses um, so to be able to underline that and say um that that was that that was then this is now um that needed someone else to tell me that i i, I don't i don't think i had the um powerful enough inner voice to to console myself with with losses it was just a case of having someone else say they're there you know um so that that was very helpful um that was the start if you like of of the the journey of recovery that that i've been on um 
I don't even know how much I've lost, which is another thing. It's a calculation. I don't either. I don't either. I, I'm probably won't. And I'm, I'm probably different than a lot of people. I, I don't care about the money. I, I never wanted to chase losses. I just wanted to check out like, so, you know, a lot of, but I would say majority of people are chasing those losses. But for me, letting the money part go was easier than letting the addiction itself go. Um, because the addiction had become such a huge part of my life. It was how I coped with, um, the things in my life. And Mm. so actually for me towards the end, I mean, some people are like, don't say it wasn't about the money because it it was, but it might've been in the beginning, you know, chasing that high or whatever. And in those jackpots, but for me towards the end, it wasn't about the money. It was just, it, it was more about the time I was losing to this, to this monster. But, um, yeah, so for me, the money, the money has never been a hang up for me, but what I tell a lot of people when they are hung up on the money, because that is a, a huge thing, um, is you kind of have to learn to grieve it. Cause I, I, mm-hmm. that's how it kind of had to, had to do it with the addiction, like as sick as it is. Um, I just kind of had to, to learn to grieve it. Like I, I had this, once I came out of recovery, I had this feeling of like, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't pinpoint like what was wrong with me. Like it was almost like a depressed, but it wasn't depressed. And then, you know, through some reading and, and stuff, it, it became clear to me, I was grieving, you know, this thing that I, cause I, I had gambled for 15 years. So, um, yes. So it was just kind of like, I had to kind of grieve it and process it that way. And once I did, I don't know, it just became lighter and easier for me to continue moving forward. So, you know, just kind of, it's kind of weird how we all process it. You know, the things that we get hung up in our own journey. And Christina, so, so grieving it, is, is that a case of sort of, um, obviously there's, there's a, a journey in there, but is, is there also sort of something that fills the void i mean you know for me it was for me gamban has been the ultimate distraction but like did, did you have you found that by doing the the podcast and by building up the broke girls society have you found that that's that's kind of helped to fill a void oh yeah most definitely because i started i started my social media almost immediately after um i came into this second round of uh recovery um because i started my journey in january and i relapsed in march uh, but I got right back, right back to it. And I, I looked at what, um, I needed to do different. And what I tried to do the first time I tried to do it on my own. Uh, I didn't tell anybody, I wasn't ready to let anybody in yet. And, but I failed because I didn't, I didn't have anybody. So I brought my mom into it and, uh, just, just told her everything. And I haven't looked back since, Um, and then I immediately got into social media because the communities in social media, especially Facebook are amazing. Um, and I have to say, you know, I was so scared to, to delve into the recovery community. Um, but it has got to be one of the best communities that there is recovery communities. I mean, I rarely encounter somebody that's not helpful or not, uh, encouraging, you know, every, there's always going to be that one person, but, um, it is just, it, it's just amazing community to be part of. So 
So I'm thankful for that. And especially the podcasting community that because we're such a niche little podcasting group, the ones that podcast about gambling addiction, like these guys are amazing, you know, that I'm, I'm meeting and, and getting to know. So, yeah. Well, I, I just, this is such a, an important, you know, what you're doing is, is so critical because there is still that stain, that shame and stigma. Um, I, I think it's a bit bizarre that that st- shame and stigma need to exist. I mean, these are, these are addictive products. So, and they've been proven to be addictive. So why there's shame and stigma around being addicted to addictive product, addictive products um, still sort of baffles me. Um, but clearly there is because, you know, a very low percentage of people go to seek treatment, which is, you know, in the UK, uh, it's single digits um, in, and low single digits. Um, in the US, I'm guessing it's even lower. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, just by talking about this and by giving people a, pay, a place where they can go and listen to others I, um, and also interact with others, it's, it's absolutely critical. There's no, you know, for, for a lot of people, an attempted journey, uh, solo journey, um, if, if it doesn't work, then yeah, definitely finding, finding others who can help, accountability partners and, and, and just others that can sort of give you that pat on the back encouragement as you go or you know more visibility is needed of these um of, of these groups um and networks and podcasts I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just such an important voice yeah the more like for me i know that that's been a huge healing part of my journey is just being able to talk to other people who have also struggled with compulsive gambling and especially being as a woman um who you know was in it for so long here in the States, I think it's more acceptable for a man to have this addiction than it is a woman. Um, Mm. because when a man has this addiction, it's almost like it's expected or, um, like not necessarily expected, but when you hear a man have it, you're like, ah, you know, and then they clean themselves up and they can go right back to this, you know, life. But when a woman has it, it like completely ruins her character. Like even if she, she gets help and, and changes, changes, you know, her life or whatever, it's still kind of attached to her. And I think that's, it's just not right. And I think that's a lot of it is because, um, you know, women are, are the caretakers are the ones that, that a lot of times will handle the finances and, you know, all these kinds of things. And, I'm not exactly sure why that is, to be honest, why it's still such a stigma with women. Um, But the problem is growing so rapidly in women. Like it used to be something you would see in maybe like the retiree, um, maybe widowed kind of stage of life uh, for Mm. women because the casinos are are a safe place uh, for them to go and be social. And then it turns into a problem. And so a lot of times when you see that, you see older women who, who have struggled with, with it, but that's not the case for the women that I, that I come across. And I come across hundreds of women and they're in their thirties. Um, I don't come across a whole lot that are like probably less younger than 20, but I would say mid thirties, uh, to just clear into the fifties. Um, but that, that mid thirties to mid forties range, 
a lot of people are just not focusing on because they don't think it's a problem there. But those are the ones that are doing the online gambling. Those are the ones that are, you know, where their kids are home, they can sit on the couch and gamble, you know, versus leaving their kids and going to the casino. So there's this whole demographic of of people that I don't feel like anybody is is focusing on, you know, and that's a lot of it is, is because we don't talk about it. We don't feel safe talking about it. We, we fear judgment. We fear that stigma, you know, and it, it just, it breaks my heart when I think of that version of myself that was just so broken, you know, and, and, you know, because there's just every day there's, there's that version of myself who feels like they're never going to get away from it. They're never going to be able to stop. And, you know, they don't know where to go to seek help because there is no, there is no roadmap. Um, you know, you can call the numbers, but when I first called the number, the 1-800 number, that's, that's where I'm at. I didn't get the best, the best experience. You know what I mean? Like the guy answered the phone and he was just like, somebody, somebody will text you. And that was it. And I was just kind of like, I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting them to roll out the right carpet or anything, but I was just expecting like a kind voice on the other end. Instead, I've got, got like a 20 something year old who I probably interrupted his game kind of, kind of like attitude. Does that make sense? Like, um, and so it was just kind of like, it put me off, you know, I was just like, oh, I thought this was a helpline, you know? Um, at that time, did, was that, did, did, did your um, inquest there, did, did that, did that stop? I mean, at, at that point, or were you able to, to get past that initial roadblock of an unhelpful? I did. Block? I did. I kept, I kept, I just kept going. I didn't have a choice at that point. Like it was either, it was either find help, however I had to find it, or yeah. I wasn't, I was just scared where it was going to take me because I had had been struggling with like those dark thoughts that probably a majority of us have struggled with. I know that some don't, but I would mm-hmm. say most time when I talk to somebody who struggled with compulsive gambling, um, you know, suicide is something that, that, that comes across our minds because it gets, it grabs such a hold of us that um, we just don't know, like how many times have we told ourselves we weren't going to do this or how many times have we told ourselves we can control it or how many times, and we never can. And for me, it got to the point where I couldn't win anymore. It didn't matter if I won $5,000 at the casino. I wasn't going to leave with it. I would, even if I told myself a hundred times I'm leaving with this or I'll leave when it gets down to this, or I'll leave when it gets down to this, mm. because it's like you say, you lose the value of money. It just becomes monopoly money. I'm not thinking about it, you know, in terms of, Hey, this is, would catch my mortgage up. This would, you know, um, pay the electric bill this month. It was just in terms of like more and more and more. More, this more, is what Stacy Goodwin, who I know you've you've had on the show. Um, Stacy refers to this as the numbness of the mind, and mm-hmm. I I really like that that kind of description of it. And that's exactly what it was for me as well. It it wasn't about the money in the moment. Um, and 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 it's strange because all you're really doing is you're pressing a button and occasionally manipulating the the bet amount. So it, it's it's amazing what kind of a grip something so primitive and simple can yeah. have over you. And that does not, you know, it, it's not, um, it's gender agnostic. It, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Um, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, if, you know, there's games 
you know, if 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 maybe one game a, a, a appeals more to to one demographic, so be it. I know that there's kind of more of a um, the, the sort of if you like, it's more likely that say men will be playing, will, will be betting on sports, and women might be betting on on bingo. But the li- the lines are blurred a lot more um, recently. So you 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 know you anyone can be playing on anything at any time, um, and what you do you know between you your phone and the internet um in in, in terms of gambling is is whatever you you want to do it's not like sort of some products are locked off and, and some are available depending on who you are um i think in terms of men women and the difference between stigma and shame i think i think you are right i think there is a if, if you think back to sort of you know the dusty old saloon and 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 the blokes around the table and one guy you know he's sucked in a bit and he's lost you know and and you can kind of put it down to a bit of a war torn um, I don't even know I'm just ranting here but kind of word words around um, you know unlucky um, the, maybe there haven't been enough female gambling addicts in the movies. Um, and on TV for it to be as accepted. Um, that doesn't take away the, the fact that this is not something that, first, first of all, anyone can get addicted to these products, and people are. And our, our data is showing roughly, um, if we were to look average, probably over, over a, say, a five-year period, I would say that there's about a, a 70-30 split um, men to women in terms of, um, in, in terms of people using Gamban. Um, and occasionally that that will spike. Um, it'll be, uh, I think, the, there have been some months where it's gone to sort of fifty-five percent men. So it's always been slightly more men than women. But um, it, yeah, this it doesn't discriminate between gender. Um, in terms of the shame and stigma, it, it's a strange. It's a strange one. The only thing I can think is representation. And I think, you know, Christina, what you're doing and what some of the other podcasts are doing, having that female voice is is absolutely critical um, because you're, you know, you're, you're hands on fighting it. Yeah. And I think, um, the, you know, that's the whole reason why I do this, because when I, you know, go back to when I, I called that number and when I went to look, looking for different options of help, um, mm. they were mostly men geared. Um, even the podcast I was listening to, uh, as great as they are, you know, Brian Hatch's podcast is the first one I listened to. Yeah, and, um, he's the one that actually got me thinking about doing my own podcast, um, just mm-hmm. by listening to his podcast and him talking about it being a big part of his recovery. And so, um, you know, it's, but a lot of those, and there, there are a few female ones out there and then, the, you know, like there's females that show up on, on those podcasts. Um, and I know there's one out of Canada that is, it's more clinical. It's not, uh, but it's, it's great. It has a lot of great information and, and she talks to, um, people that are afflicted with, with problem gambling. But, um, for me, it was just, I just wanted to have a conversation. You know, I want people to, to be able to talk about it. And when you were talking about, um, shows and things that don't have have female gambling addicts in it um i actually watched a show on the bbc uh uh, called cleaning up and it's it's a it's more of a 
a show. It's not like a documentary or anything. It's a show about a female gambling addict. Um, and it shows her, her obsession with online slots and then going in and, and using rent money to play these, these games or going to the casino. And it, and it shows, you know, that one big win where she kind of makes everything okay. And then it shows how it goes backwards. And like, it was kind of interesting, even though there was a whole nother storyline to it, but it just, it was interesting to see how actually that was really accurate. Like her emotions and the things that she was, was doing was really, really accurate for how, you know, that a lot of people deal with gambling um, are. Absolutely. So, now, now you know, I'm just thinking there's a, a program called the syndicate as well, which is um, the, in the latest series, there's a young female um, character who, who's, who's got an online gambling addiction. So, so maybe, it, maybe it just needs, you know, a bit more visibility um, and, and acceptance for people to come forward. Let's go into um, how how gambling came came about. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, so yeah, okay, 2015, and I, I'd been using different kind of versions of parental control software, um, and these products are designed to protect children so they're designed for parents um so they're not really that effective at preventing yourself from being able to gamble um strangely enough a previous version of one of the main ones actually was working for me i just had to scramble a password and give it to my dad um but then when they did an update i was just able to reset that password and, and get back to gambling and then um so i tried a couple of other products that were a bit more specific to gambling blocking um, or gambling blocking software. Um, and what I found was I was having to put up with a lot of compromises. So first of all, there was one that I wasn't, I was told I wouldn't be able to install it on a, on a Mac computer, uh, which I was using at the time. And that if I wanted to use it on a Mac, I'd have to run windows on my Mac which, you know, if I could do that, then I could just use the Mac bit of my computer to gamble. Um, and I, I found that um, looking at sort of other options for mobile protection just didn't really exist um, and were very easy to get around. Um, and and so basically just by, I suppose, dissatisfaction with with these existing tools. Oh, and also the fact that if I went to a, a website, like a restaurant website, to find out what time they open or close, I'd be blocked from that because they serve chips, casinos ch serve chips. And so I'd be blocked from any website that offers chips, even if you know one is um, kind of a, an English version of what, what I suppose you call fries in the US, so chips. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like uh, I, I found that all of these different systems were pretty unhelpful to me plus incredibly expensive um and 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 so i thought you know well uh, I, I i'm sure i can do something um a, a little bit more tailor fit um to what i need and and so i sort of knocked together a a, a fairly rudimentary database i know it sounds like a lot but I about i put about 16000 domains into a database in the space of a weekend um which looking back actually probably was quite a lot. Um, and I, I found a way to sort of um, block myself on my computer from these websites. 
Um, and, and, and that was kind of that was me done. So really the rest, what we've been doing over the past five years is improving um, the product and making making it available to anyone else in, in, in a similar position. Um, and it, it, it has been an absolute labor of love. I mean, it is trying to make something that works on, you know, whatever, 60,000 different Android devices and something that is uh, something that works on uh, iOS, like Apple devices, um, and then works on the sheer variety of Windows devices and, and, and Mac. Like all of that has been like trying to nail jelly um, or, or capture smoke or any kind of other. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's kind of what we've been doing um, for the last five years. Um, and it's been great, great to see, I mean, it's bittersweet, but it's been great to see so many people using the product. Um, and, uh, and, and we've been told that it's, it's very, very helpful. So I, yeah, I hope this, I hope this continues, um, and continues to improve. Um, the, the one thing I'd, I'd like to sort of say about Gamban is, and, and, and I, I say this from personal experience, as well as obviously spending a, a huge amount of my time on the product, is that in and of itself, it's definitely, definitely not enough. Um, so to install a product, if, if, if this were able to block out all problems and prevent all circumvention, um, then that would be a very dangerous shortcut. A lot of, a lot of the journey is about finding answers to questions. Um, Gamban helps with the um, with with the immediate sort of impulse, and it gives you a little bit of a a buffer to think about. Um, you know, it, it kind of follows that sort of CBT approach of the thought and the feeling, and then the action. It slows down that feeling and action um, uh, space. So you really have to be thinking about it, but it, it was never designed to be entirely um, impenetrable. Um, that was always a dangerous sort of shortcut for um, for the real work that needs to needs to happen. So, so what we found in the UK is that layering different tools is a really helpful um, thing, uh, but you know, we're still in these kind of barriers and tools are still in their infancy in the US. Um, I, I, I surely hope that they're coming because I know that this is a problem that is, is accelerating with great speed. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very true. I hope that, that, um, we can, we can somehow get ahead of the curve. Um, when we talk about the growth of, of problem gambling here in the States, now I know you guys have been probably you guys have been dealing with it a lot longer and I, and I see the programs that you guys have over there, which are, are amazing, especially the early education. You know, I get a lot of people that are trying to pull me into like the political side of things. I'm probably not going to be the person for that, but when it does come to early education or early awareness, that, that would, I can very easily see that becoming a passion for me. Um, so I see over there that, you know, where they'll go into the schools early ages and, and talk about, the dangers of gambling. If you had seen a program like that when you were in school, do you think it could have changed your direction? It completely depends um, on, on, on how it's conducted. I think if you're teaching about the risks of drugs, alcohol, and, and other sort of 
you know, and obviously safe sex, then yes, I do think gambling is 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 an important or probably more financial management where you would touch on gambling. Uh, that, yeah. that would be the, I think in, in terms of um you um you mentioned sort of obviously not not getting too much in the in the politics of it all. I I would love to take that that view and and typically I do. The only bit where I get I get quite sucked in, not so much to the um any of the kind of legislation side of things or the, or the policy side of things, but but the politics is where you know, like the the person you, you when you you called up and you spoke with, um, and they weren't helpful and they just told you they'd text you and and brushed you off to the side. I know that a lot of the call centres um, in, in in the US that run various helplines and and how it's all broken up and and sort of subcontracted out and um, I can ignore the politics to concentrate on on product development and all the rest but where i see there's an injustice um you know where, where i see that there's people being um sort of uh, dismissed or brushed under the carpet or not being helped or if i feel like it's just a contract that's taken for the for the sake of um you know a, a, a good contract um that does really affect me um and i do i do tend to call that sort of stuff out um you know where where we've found in the in, in the past, you know, poor, poor service, um, that front line, that responsibility to help people when they need help the most, that is absolutely critical. Um, and so, you know, I, I think if 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 people aren't getting um, a welcoming voice on the other end of that that phone, um, there's plenty of other people and organisations um, that that would take. That, that, would, that would do a much better job of that so you know I, I i do think there is an element of where where you know if you if you can abstain from sort of getting involved in the politics i, I completely um i admire that but i do think there are some there are some things that we've had to do you know in the uk as well where if we're not happy with the way that that services are being run you know we have to chip in and you know, maybe there needs to be some better standards in place across the board, you know, standards of care. Um, but one, you know, we can talk until the cows come home about shame, stigma. Um, if that person that you speak to on the other line is not supportive and helpful and meeting some kind of minimum standard of, of, of care, then, you know, your chances of recovery depend on how strong you are as a person. That, yeah. I totally agree with that because I think if, if I had been in a different state that I, yeah. then I was in and, you know, like maybe it hadn't become the compulsive uh, life altering thing it had become for me. If I had called when maybe it was just kind of starting to, you know, it's kind of starting to move money around and mm. kind of, if I had called before it had kind of really toppled over and I got that, that would have completely probably deterred me from going any further. Yeah. And um so important because yeah. if, if that deterred you from going uh from getting help you could just be sort of that could prevent you from seeking help again in the future so you've got to get this right and that's one thing that you know we don't get too many chances you get that sort of teachable window that teachable moment you get that moment of clarity that point where people are willing to to accept some help into their lives um screw that up and it's uh it it, it it's um it, it, it's such a failing. Um, it's definitely you know, a missed opportunity. Yeah. To help a lot of people. 
Yeah. You know, I, I should say we, we've, um, I know that Gamban is available through some of these helplines um, and occasionally, very occasionally uh, in the past, we, we called up to, uh, to find out about how, um, how you can get Gamban. So kind of, if you like a bit of a mystery shopper approach, I was disappointed. I've got to say, I was disappointed with the, the, um, the level of support. I mean, you say that, you know, it was some, possibly some kid that just said, I'll text you back, but it's, you know, in my experience, all, all of the, all of what I've experienced in terms of frontline stuff when it comes to this, and it's a very, you know, you've got some great people in, in, in this space in, in terms of addiction uh, treatment, um, you know, they, they need to be consulted in terms of uh, the, the best ways to get people on a care path that, that will um, lead to recovery um, and, and, and better get it right now because, you know, we, we, we keep sort of hearing the term a tidal wave of problems to come and I'm, I'm pretty sure that will happen. It's just, you know, how quickly can you, how quickly can we get people into a safe pair of hands? Um, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the big question. Yeah, and I want to touch on something you said a little bit ago um, when it comes to the software and kind of like it can't be it can't be the, the cure all like you mm -hmm. have to have some some type, you know, you have to build those skills um, yeah. because I have come across not one, but a handful of women who have downloaded the software on their devices, um, but their compulsion was so strong, like they would steal their partner's phone if it didn't have it on it. And then they would gamble from that. I had one, one lady in particular, um, and this actually happened a couple of different times, uh, with a couple of different people, but she went out and just would buy new devices, you know, because she didn't know how, you know, how, I don't know how that works, but she couldn't get it off. And, and she wanted to gamble so bad that she actually went out and bought other devices. So it's like, you know, and, and she was doing meetings and she was, she was trying so hard to, to beat this, but that compulsion was so strong, um, you know, to do that. So when we're talking about the helpline, the guy saying, Hey, um, somebody will text you. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, majority of women who are, who are struggling with this addiction, they are kind of older in nature. Um, so they're not, they're not very technical savvy. Some may not even text, you know what I mean? Like if we're talking about the 65 year old grandmother, maybe mm -hmm. who's not a big texter. Um, so technology is kind of scary to them. So yeah. kind of walk me through the actual process. So they'll, they'll download the software, correct? Just kind yeah, of walk so me through that so that maybe somebody that's listening can kind of get a better idea of how it works. Sure, sure. So um, the, the best thing to do is, is the first step, go to gamban.com. Um, and if you're, it, I suppose if you're using a mobile device, so if you're using a, 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 an Android phone or an iPhone, or, or um, if, you, if you go to the App Store, if it's an iPhone or, or the Play Store, if it's a, an Android phone, a Google phone, uh, an Android phone, um, and just type in Gamban and hit install and and follow the the steps um, and 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 it's fairly straightforward. There are videos as well to sort of guide you along that process. Um, but if you go to if if you're looking at it 
on a desktop, um, go to the website. That's probably the easiest place um, to to obtain the software um, and and download it from there. The the, the idea of Gamban is that um, it it can be installed on as many devices really as as, as you want. So um, so if you're setting up an account on say a web on, on, on your desktop and then trying to install it on say a phone and a tablet probably the best way to do it is just to use your computer to to obtain the uh, software to register and then download it on your devices from from there again like loads of videos on the on the website on the knowledge base in terms of how to do that but any problems any questions um just message info at gamban.com and we've got uh, people on hand on live chat um and uh, out of hours on email um just to to advise and guide on how to do it um so yeah we're we're a very um a very welcoming bunch got a nice team um you guys are you guys are a very welcoming bunch nice wow. group of people thank you <laughs> and i think too when i look at this you know because i didn't know really about online gambling i it's not legal in my state uh so it's not anything i ever really i never i've never done um, so when I started getting into the communities and, and the rooms and stuff, um, you know, it was kind of surprising to me, but I would say, I would say a good 60% of the, the women and men that I come across, um, are online gamblers because it is so prevalent in a lot of States. So I, it's just amazing to me how you creating this, this software is literally saving lives or changing lives. I mean, I know you probably don't think of it like that, but yeah. really that's the truth. Um, because if there wasn't software like this, um, people would still be, still be gambling. I mean, this has literally changed lives for so many people. Um, so it's just amazing that I even get to chat with you about it. One of the things I think is quite, it is worth pointing out is, um, one of the most uh, popular states for Gamban is, if I remember correctly, and maybe this goes back a while, maybe New Jersey has overtaken this now, but California, where gambling isn't legal online. Um, so the legality of gambling doesn't necessarily influence the number of people who have problems. Um, the black market is indistinguishable from, um, from regulated products. They've made it as easy as in, in many ways, you know, using cryptocurrency and things like that, um, it, it, and, and using sort of payment methods that, that are pretty standard. Um, it's the black market that that has been a big problem for many um, because there's they don't answer to anyone. There's no there's no regulator to regulate. Um, what got me so excited about this product in in the first instance was. I have, I have to take that control into my own hands. Um, if I rely on the gambling operators, I mean, I'll tell you what, I've, I've only ever once gambled with a, a US gambling uh, website from the UK. So again, black market, because they're not regulated in the UK. And it took me 32 requests to get my account closed. Mm. Um, by the end, they were offering me thousands of dollars to carry on playing with them. Um, and I cannot trust them to have my interests at heart. Um, so, so a product like Gamban needed to be 
you know, entirely objective. It, it, it can't rely on the, you know, on the goodness of, of an operator um, to, or a gambling company to, um, to protect me. Um, obviously, we've got our own fights with uh, with making it as accessible um, as as um, unin, un, uninstallable as, as as possible on, on the platforms that we, we build on. But um, that, in a sense, it's the taking control of your own um, of your own actions without having any kind of like um, third party beneficiary. Um, in you know, as in as in the gambling sector, um, that to me was kind of the appeal of of the product. Now I don't I don't know if people using the product are going to kind of um, see it like that, and 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 they don't need to. But the fact that you know we're we're now blocking, just so you know, um, obviously the kind of gambling products that that we're familiar with, sports, bingo, lottery, um, poker, casino, slots, but we're also blocking. Um, the social gambling, the social casinos. Um, so the kind of, if you like, the free money casinos where you can buy chip packs and and and, and spend. Yeah, I got caught up in those. You're saying when, whenever I stopped gambling, yeah. um, I had them on my phone. The free ones where you could could buy like the chips or whatever. Yeah. And I remember going back and looking that first month afterwards. I remember looking and I had spent like a couple hundred dollars in those chip mm. packages. And I was like, this is this is just as bad. So I deleted, I deleted them all off my phone. And yeah. I actually had kind of a weak moment the other day. Um I just had kind of a rough weekend and I wanted to play so bad. Like that's the first time I really, really had an urge in a long time because I think I am so focused on, on recovery and gambling recovery and things like that. Um, I actually went and I almost downloaded one, mm-hmm. like the one that I used to play a lot that I was able to, you know, pull myself back. And I'm like, I don't want to get that started because then that could start down me getting yeah. in, you know, it's just, it could go back down a, a bad road. And, and fortunately I was able to kind of stop, stop myself from doing that. But, um, you know, it's kind of that split second thing where you just kind of go back to it. Cause it kind of gives you that same feeling of just zoning out. And so oh. I downloaded a crossword puzzle instead, you know, cause I'm getting up there in age. So I think things that, that work my brain. Directly um, the brain. And, yeah. and, and you know what? I, was, I was just thinking this morning, actually, how, um, how the, the pressing of a button or whatever of the, you know, okay. The, the, this, this point kind of loses, uh, loses its way a bit when it comes to things that, like poker that involve, or, you know, not so much blackjack, but thing, games games where you have to think. Um, the, the kind of the, the mindless pressing of a button is a much more passive activity than something like doing crosswords or Sudoku puzzles or, you know, things that kind of stretch your brain a bit. Um, so I think there is kind of, you know, there, there's a, a sort of a continuum of healthiness when it comes to, to, to uh, you know, in, and, and, and this kind of leads me on to, the other sort of stuff that we're blocking. So, of, of course, you, you've got you've got kind of this convergence of gaming products and investment products, um, and it's very very difficult to tell the difference. And we're actually struggling um, to, to to work out what to block and what not to block. We've just introduced trading blocking um, by default, um, and, and and with some very very good rationales for doing so. I mean, these these trading apps that have come out left, right, and center. You know, I'm thinking Robinhood, Trading Two One Two, Plus Five Hundred. You know, all these kind of apps. They, yes, they make 
trading, if you like, easy in that it's very easy to see, you know, it, it, it's not difficult. You don't have to be an expert to do it. Um, but they are very, they're very much gambling products. Um, and, and, and the best way I can describe um, why they are so harmful is it, it's a, a, a chap we, um, we had the pleasure of uh, having along to a, a, a presentation that, that we held recently. Um, a, guy, a chap called Gary Stevenson. Um, and he made the point, he was very, very, it was very well made. He made it much better than I'm about to, but he made the point that in order to deliver the kind of returns that a trader would expect, um, in order to deliver a return of, say, $1,000, you would have to invest $20,000. So in order to deliver the kind of return that um, that you would, you know, when we're gambling, we're not looking for a return of 3 to 5%. We're looking for, like, 5,000%. So these apps that are geared up, um, high churn, um, getting you to invest in very risky, speculative um, investments – to get you sort of sucked in and you know these are gambling products no way no way around it um so so we've had to make a quite difficult decision especially in the uk uh where many of these products aren't regulated i'm sure this is the same in the us but many of these products aren't regulated by our um our uh, regulator our gambling regulator um and instead fall into the remit of the financial conduct authority the equivalent to the securities and exchange commission um so you know we've had to sort of take a bit of a proactive stance on this um which is daunting um yes it's annoyed some of our users um but you know it's about it's, i suppose it's about odds awareness appetite for risk um ease of of access um and 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 so i suppose the other the area that, that we've also had to sort of weigh in on a bit is um I don't know how familiar you are with sort of skins gambling or, or kind of the gambling element within gaming. Um, but this not is not at all, not at all. So th th this is, this is an area that's completely taken hold in the UK. I'm sure, I'm sure is a big problem in the US too and worldwide. I mean, you know, um, if you go east, this is a this is a big problem as well. Um, I believe the, the most recent stats: there are fifty five thousand children under uh, between the ages of eleven and sixteen. 11 and 15, I think, actually, in the UK, um, who are problem gamblers. Um, and, and, and a lot of this is, is, is down to gaming. So in moderation, I think video games can be a good thing. Um, the ability to win items that have a tradable value and to be able to gamble with those items on platforms that allow those items as a form of currency that's what we call skins betting. Okay. So you're basically imagine like a a, a, a visual, like it might be like a um, a weapon um, item of some sort. You can take that item; it's got a tradable value, but then you can use that as currency to wager. Usually on quite primitive uh, games like Monop uh, not Monopoly, like um, uh, roulette, um, like a sort of a coin flip, um, a random number generated sort of uh, game. Um, but this is this is big business at the moment, and uh, we are we're very much aware of this as a gambling 
product. So we're blocking any of the sites that allow you to gamble with skins as a form of currency. And by that token, um, it might be cryptocurrencies, skins, um, pounds, dollars, euros. It doesn't matter if, if it's a, a gambling product um, or deemed to be a gambling product, it's blocked. What's also kind of worrisome, and I think this is why I probably will go into some kind of early uh, awareness activism, um, is that they're starting so much younger in those those video games. I didn't know there was a term for it, but I I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, the, so they're starting younger, and you know, they, like my state just built this huge uh, gaming competition center uh, for one of the colleges because it, it is so competitive. Um, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things now where, where schools are competing against other schools when it comes to just, just gaming uh, in general. So, you know, they're, they're exposed to it so young. So I always just kind of kind of worry about how, how we're staying on top of all that. Uh, hopefully we can create just a healthier, better system to address these issues. And, and try and stay ahead of him. But anyway, I really appreciate you coming on. I know your time's valuable. You're a busy guy. And um, so I really appreciate you coming on. Cool. Thanks, Christine. Thanks.